0: This is Undaunted Life a Man's Podcast. I'm your host Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Guys, I've got some breaking news for you. Abortion is still murder. I know it's, it doesn't seem like that should be breaking news, but to some people it feel like in this day and age I have to constantly remind people of that that abortion is ending a life and it is ending an innocent life and it is murder. So around this time of the year, every time we're going to come around to this time of the year, we are going to do a podcast about abortion. So last year, right after the March for Life, episode six of this podcast, we did an entire episode on abortion and we went into a lot, a lot of detail. Okay. We went into the medical types of abortions. We went into the arguments that people make for abortion and how stupid they are. We got into the history of Roe v. Wade, a lot of different things. So I would just encourage all of you, if you're coming into this podcast late, I know a lot of you guys have found this podcast in the new year. Go back and listen to episode six of this podcast. It's just titled abortion. So everywhere where you're listening to it right now, whether it's on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere, go back and listen to that podcast. You may even go ahead and listen to it before you listen to this one, because it does set the stage and set a primer for that. But... This is, uh, an episode that we're recording after, uh, January 18th of 2019, where we had the 46th annual March for life in Washington, DC. And so this has been a March that has happened, been happening since Roe v. Wade, because again, the people that decided Roe v. Wade thought that, you know, the jurisprudence was so airtight that this was just going to be something that the American people were just going to accept. And we were going to move on and not fight it. And we have been literally fighting it ever since. <clears throat> so it's estimated that about a hundred thousand people showed up in Washington, D.C. to talk about abortion, to march through the the streets of Washington, D.C. and put this on people's minds as they do every year and as we do in our everyday lives. But this year, the thing that was a little bit different uh, about the theme was that science is on our side, because here's the nefarious little thing that most people think, especially people that are on the secular left or people that are on the pro-choice side of things. They think this is just a religious issue. And if you think abortion is just a religious issue, and you think that, you know, guys like me, Christians, we just worship at the altar of some spaghetti monster in the sky, that that's not that big a deal. We can easily dispel these people that still are holding on to their antiquated thinking and their guns and their MAGA hats or whatever the thing is, whatever they, they think of people that they disagree with. But if it stays in the religious realm, these people feel like they have the upper hand because those are the people that are using, you know, uh, being rational. They're, they're using, uh, they're using reason. They're using science. They're using all these things. But the issue is, is with abortion, science is not on your side. If you believe that you can kill the human that's growing inside the womb of a woman, science is not on your side because you get into debates with people about, Oh, that's not, that's not a human life in there. But again, not not to go too far into some of the stuff we talked about in episode number six, but it's the only place in the world when the sperm meets the egg where new DNA sprouts out of nowhere. It is completely separate from mom, completely separate from dad. Because the sperm is a gamete and the egg is a gamete and on their own, they don't constitute life. They have elements of life, but they don't constitute life. But when the sperm enters the gamete, it forms a zygote, And that zygote has a completely different molecular structure and cellular structure than the individual gametes because they've combined. Scientists have a word for that. It's called life. I mean, literally, if scientists found, you know, something that, you know, even a one celled organism on Jupiter and they could surmise that it had the same, the types of things that a sperm and a egg meeting together have, they would literally be tripping over themselves to figure out who would be the first one to call it life. But. All of a sudden, because it's inside of a woman and she doesn't want it, then it's not a life. But anyway, I'll, I'll digress just a little bit here. So the theme for this march was really science is on our side. We we have it in in our on our side of the issue, so you can't have it. But as per usual, the mainstream television media, so mainly ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, they didn't cover the March for Life because it doesn't really fit their narrative. So they don't show sizes of the crowds. They don't show the march. They might just mention it in passing. But what all of these entities did end up covering was the much, much smaller women's march rally that happened the day after. So if you're very familiar with the women's march, it's a a feminist movement, but it also has tremendous strings and strains of anti-Semitism and just basically it's incredibly far left, super, super radical far left thought. And these individuals basically try to spout all that nonsense at a basically a counter rally. But this rally, they had a permit where they applied for about 10,000 people. And I don't think anywhere near that many people showed up. So uh, not to say if women wanted to get together and march for the rights, that that would be a bad thing. I certainly wouldn't say that that would be the case that we should do. But they were, they were specifically marching to be in contrast to the March for Life, which as we know, most of the people on the women's March side believe that we should be able to kill babies at all times within the womb, even up to the time of birth. So the cool thing about this year is just like we've seen in previous years, President Trump actually made it a point to address this crowd. And again, before Trump was a red candidate, um, he was a pro-choice guy, Right. But whenever he decided he wanted to be more on the Republican side of the issue, he became a pro-life person. And we don't know if he literally had a change of heart. Um, we're, we're hoping that he did, but he has been one of the more outspoken, true uh, pro-choice, or sorry, excuse me, pro-life candidates and pro-life uh, presidents that we've had in a very long time. I I can't really think of another president that was this outspoken. We've had presidents that would be considered more conservative, but not this outspoken about it. So the cool thing that he did is when he he addressed the crowd, he promised that he would veto any and all new pro-abortion bills that came to his desk. And so specifically the quote that he used here, I'll just go ahead and read it. Today, I've signed a letter to Congress to make clear that if they send any legislation to my desk that weakens the protection of human life, I will issue a veto. And we have the support to uphold those vetoes. We know that every life has meaning and that every life is worth protecting. As president, I will always defend the first right in our declaration of independence, the right to life. So, this is something that's really, really important. I'm really glad that he did that. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence actually made a live appearance, kind of a surprise appearance in front of the crowd. So, it is with all the problems that the Trump administration has, and you could fill up a laundry list full of them, uh, regardless of if you agree with the policy or not. This is one area that they've kind of stood pat. And um, the only thing I would say that they've done that was a little bit disappointing in terms of the pro life side of the equation was putting a justice on the Supreme Court that wasn't very, very ardently pro-life. And I'm talking about Justice Brett Brett Kavanaugh. So Kavanaugh personally is very pro-life because he's a Catholic and he's a devout Catholic and, and all those different things. But his jurisprudence has proved that he doesn't necessarily want to be the person that is going to cast the vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, I know that may seem like a little bit of a, of a larger thing for me to claim, especially since I don't know the man and I don't know his heart, but I wish that the Trump administration, when they had another chance at the Supreme court, I wish that they would have, you know, really, really settled on somebody that was incredibly and extremely pro-life. Um, the key, the keynote address that was delivered for this year's March for life was delivered by Ben Shapiro. So if you know Ben Shapiro, obviously he's a conservative commentator. Uh, we really enjoy his content from the daily wire and the things that he does via his podcast, and he takes a page kind of out of our book from episode six of this podcast. And he actually, during his keynote, looks at 10 arguments for abortion, like why and you know, what people claim why we should be able to have abortions and how to defeat them, because that's the important thing. It is nice to point out things about different uh, people's points of view. But at the end of the day, we've got to make sure that those are points of view that we can defeat. That when, when people are looking for a reason to, to get at us, we can we can very logically and, and using reason and evidence and things like that, that we can have a basis for how we can turn those arguments back. And Ben Shapiro did a pretty good job of that in that podcast by laying them out and also or in his speech rather. And then also we did that in one of our podcasts as well. So guys, if you remember back to the episode six of this podcast, one of the things I did is I encouraged all of you to stay up on the issues that have been happening with abortion. And I know that there's not a whole lot of sites that you may know of. I'm going to bring some to your attention by the end of this podcast. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of go through some of the big news updates since last year since episode six of this podcast, or since the last March for Life in 2018, what are some of the big things that have been happening in the world of abortion, okay, and in the world of murdering babies in the womb? So I'm going to take you through several of these, and we're going to start out with one of the most startling things that we saw, is that abortion is the leading cause of death in the world. At least it was in 2018, and we can surmise that it has been for years and years prior to that. This number that I'm about to to say is just, it's astonishing, of how many people were killed in 2018 via abortion. 42 million people worldwide were killed using abortion. Think about that. And this is according to Life News and the data was compiled by Worldometers. But let's just look at some of the other causes of death that most of us maybe give money to and we support and we've had family members or ourselves have been affected. So uh, these numbers, this number, 42 million, absolutely smoked all these other things. So last year worldwide, cancer claimed the lives of 8.2 million people. Smoking and smoking-related diseases claimed the lives of 5 million people. HIV AIDS claimed the lives of 1.7 million people. And then it just keeps going down and down and down after that with, you know, traffic accidents and suicides and overdoses and, and all those other things, et cetera. But just think about that. Take all of those things combined and you're still not even close. Maybe you're not even close to halfway to the 42 million number. That's crazy. And it it may even get a little bit worse. I don't know if this number is going to hit you as, as hard as maybe it did me, but about a fourth of all pregnancies in the world last year were aborted about a fourth of the children that were in the wombs of these women were murdered. They were ripped to pieces or poisoned to death or starved to death in their mother's wombs. Let that sink in guys. A fourth. One out of of every fourth. That is insane. The amount of human beings that have been killed because of this. Now, now here's the thing. Just under a, a million abortions a year take place in the United States. And this has been dropping year by year, but abortion is still the leading cause of death in the United States by a wide margin. You know, all we hear about is, is gun violence. And we hear about cancer and we hear about all these different things that are going on and all these things are terrible. And I would never tell someone not to support a, an organization or a charity that really went to assist in these areas, but it's not even close with this human right. That that we've we've somehow espoused and, and given out to the entirety of the world, it's insane. And then you look at countries like India and China and North Korea that have sex selective abortion, the number of little girls that have been killed in their mothers' wombs just because the government would not allow that many girls to be born? Think about that. The next time I hear this nonsense about how progressive and how uh you know great China is, China you know they've kind of softened on this a little bit, but they have a one child policy, and they for the most part want that child to be a male because they understand that that they need more males for the country for a lot of different reasons, and this is not a podcast about the future that we we're going to have to have with China. but just think about that. the government tells you, "Nope, can't have that one, can't have that and think about the number of families that don't have the government intercede in some way. they just say, "Ah, we don't want a girl, we don't want another girl we we need to have boys." just crazy. So there's one story, 42 million people killed in 2018. Now, the next story I want to go through is the Center for Medical Progress. And they kind of got a W here recently. And this is very, very recently. This was just announced on the 17th of January of this year, 2019. So if you remember, or if it sounds familiar, the Center for Medical Progress, this was a group of people that went undercover basically to bust Planned Parenthood for the evil, vile, and satanic things that they're doing with babies, aside from just killing them. So they had all these videos. Maybe you can remember... And some of these videos about these women kind of bragging about selling the fetal tissue and selling these baby parts, which they're not supposed to do. They're not supposed to profit off of these things. And they were being so coy about it, saying, oh, you know, I'd buy a Lamborghini if I could get more, uh, get rid of more of these kids or more of this tissue or whatever thing was. And they just had a, a series of these videos. And of course, they went viral because these people didn't know they were being watched. They didn't know they were being videoed. And so they were just being natural their natural satanic selves. But the thing about it is Planned Parenthood being the large conglomeration that it is that is supported by huge, huge billionaire donors all over the place and the federal government. They sued this group of people trying to ruin their lives, claiming that the videos were deceptively edited. And I'm very sensitive to that topic. If someone is giving a quote and you take a small quote out and you know take it out of context and make it sound worse than it is, And the thing was, is there was an initial ruling that the judge said, yes, that these videos were deceptively edited, but on the 17th of this month, a three judge panel of the United States court of appeals for the fifth circuit actually released an opinion in the name of the case is planned parenthood of greater Texas family planning and preventative health services, Inc versus Smith. But in this opinion, the court reversed the district court's preliminary injunction preventing Texas, the state of Texas from terminating state Medicaid funding to Planned parenthood. Okay. What does that all mean? That basically means the state of Texas is able to defund Planned Parenthood right now, which is amazing, which is fantastic. Thank you, Texas. Everything is bigger in Texas, including your balls, because it takes balls to go at one of the largest murdering organizations, the largest murdering organization in the history of the planet earth, right? Now, Planned Parenthood will surely fight back against this. This is something that will probably make its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. I don't really see a way that it won't get there. But man, uh, thank you to the state of Texas for standing up and doing that. Now, this could be posturing. This might be something that they, they don't actually follow through with or, or something like that. They're going to have to change some things around. But this is what has to happen. When, when you defund Planned Parenthood, you are defunding an organization that specifically spends its money on killing babies. And don't give me this nonsense about, oh, none of that funding goes to support abortion. All that funding goes for pap smears and you know mammograms and all these other different services. That's nonsense. That'd be like me saying, oh, no, 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 no. The thousand dollars that you gave me to, to help pay my bills that I spent on heroin, it wasn't for heroin. Like it was for my, it was for my groceries. It was for my rent, right? That's nonsense. All the money goes into the same exact pot. So to claim that it's not going to abortion somehow is absolutely absurd. So there was another update that I have for you guys. There's a thing now called shout your abortion, which doesn't that sound like fun? But the thing about it is, it's actually growing in popularity. So the person who runs this movement of shouting your abortion, basically being super, super proud and telling the word about, world about your abortion is a gal named Amelia Bono, okay? Now, if that name sounds familiar or if Shout Your Abortion sounds familiar, it's probably because you saw this video recently. This woman, Bono, she did an eight-minute video where she was talking to kids about her abortion. She was basically sitting down with seven, eight, nine-year-old kids trying to... Tell, tell them and convince them why her abortion was okay. So here's the thing. I'll just say just kind of as a little bit of a side, I don't generally like videos where kids are being exploited like this, especially in a heavily edited, controlled manner. I, I just don't like that. I, whether they're on my side or not, I don't like when you as a parent make a sign like for a rally or, you know, a sit in or some sort of a, you know, thing that you're doing to, or a riot or whatever thing might be when you make a sign and have your kid hold it up. So that was something I was especially offended by, uh, whenever the Oklahoma teachers that were fighting to get their pay raised last year, and they, they did a walkout and it was this big thing. A lot of these teachers and a lot of their supporters were making signs and putting it in the hands of their kids, their toddlers and having them hold it up like, please don't take away my future and all this other nonsense. The thing is, is that kid can't have an opinion on that issue because they're just a kid. They don't have the foggiest idea how to even poop, not in their pants or how to keep themselves alive if they needed to. And yet they're going to have some super advanced opinion on state funding and budgetary concerns. Give me a freaking break. I don't like it. I don't even like it when people that I agree with do that. So I see people on the anti-abortion side of things having kids hold up signs in the street. I don't like it. All right. So it's just a gross thing. That is not that kid's opinion. That kid does not have a nuance or developed enough brain to be able to have an opinion on such a huge issue. So let me get off my soapbox a little bit and go back into this video. So again, eight minute video, she's sitting down with these kids, basically saying why her abortion was okay. She was essentially proud and bragging about the fact that she killed an unborn human. Uh, and, but the thing that's really interesting about this video, and as you can imagine, I will, I will give you the link to this video. If you want to torture yourself and watch it, she starts out talking about quote, the baby. So at the early part of this video, cause obviously they're trying to do some sort of a narrative with this video somehow, but they're talking about the baby, right? It's the baby. And you know, uh, I got pregnant with a baby, but then when they started talking about the abortion, when this woman Bono started talking about the abortion, she transitions into talking about quote the pregnancy. Okay. So these kids were asking, Hey, what happens during an abortion? Right? Because this woman's an expert at, you know, the process of killing children. This is exactly what the woman says. She basically said, "I, I went to the doctor, And they put up this, this thing up my vagina and they just sucked out the pregnancy as if the pregnancy is the thing, like the the object, the subject, a pregnancy. No, you are experiencing a pregnancy. What is being sucked out in pieces is a human. It's living and has life. And one of the things was, is this obviously was very heavily edited to, to make this Bono person seem like a hero. But one kid asks her what God thinks about abortion, right? This is like a seven year old, right? Hey, what do you, what do you think God thinks about abortion? As if this woman really even believes in him. Her response was that she thinks abortion is all part of God's plan. That's what she said, that this is all part of God's plan, which sounds really pithy and cruel. Like it, it seems really cool, right? Ah, oh, you know, yeah, this is just part of God's plan. And you know, if I have a baby later, like that'll be, that'll be part of God's plan or whatever. But just think about that. And some of these kids thought that that was an acceptable answer because they're dumb because they're kids. So I thought it was insipid. I thought it was evil, this video, but this is just a normal thing that we're going to shout our abortion. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something that we should have to hide, but yeah, let's just shout it from the rooftops, what we've done. So that's a thing that's been happening since the last time we talked about this. And let's move into the next thing. And this one is actually pretty huge. The president of Planned Parenthood, the new president is basically finally acknowledging what we already knew to be true. So let me just back up a little bit. So in January, there was a Buzzfeed article. So January, the month that we're in, there was a BuzzFeed article uh, entitled Planned Parenthood's new president wants to focus on non-abortion health care. So let me say that again, because this is going to be really important. Planned Parenthood's new president wants to focus on non-abortion healthcare. Okay. So this entire article was focusing on the new Planned Parenthood president, Dr. Liana Wynn. Um, and the thing about Liana Wynn is she's a doctor, she's a medical doctor. And so they know that they're losing the argument on the medical and scientific side of things when it comes to pro-choice versus pro-life, but now they're going to put a doctor in there, right? So anytime abortion is brought into question, well, she's a doctor, right? She's got the Hippocratic oath. She's got all these things that she needs to do because she's a doctor, a doctor with a seared consciousness and a satanic brain. But aside from that, let's digress a little bit. But here's the thing that's really, really interesting about this article. After the article was released, Dr. Wynn surprisingly came out on Twitter against the article. And again, this is BuzzFeed. This is not a conservative article. Uh, think piece organization by, by any stretch of the imagination. They are very, very left-leaning, but Dr. Wynn was not happy with how this, how this thing was started. And basically she was not really happy with how the article was titled. And so here are the, the two tweets that she put out afterwards. And this is really, really telling about what Planned Parenthood is all about. Okay. Here's the first tweet. I am always happy to do interviews, but these headlines completely misconstrue my vision for Planned Parenthood. Here's a second tweet. First, our core mission is providing, protecting, and expanding access to abortion and reproductive health care. We will never back down from that fight. It's a fundamental human right, and women's lives are at stake. Well, isn't that an amazing admission? Because Planned Parenthood has been telling us for decades. No, 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 no. Our core mission isn't about abortion. It's health care. And if the woman's health is in the balance and an abortion will fix everything, then we are here to do that. Here's the other thing that you hear. You hear that Planned Parenthood, and they say this a lot, that 3% of all the services they provide are abortions. There's a lot of stupid people out there that think this is the truth. Okay. This has been so debunked But people like the people that run Planned Parenthood know that the media is not going to call them them out on this. And so they just keep putting this stat forward, right? That only 3% of what we do is abortions. The rest we do are all these other things that help women. But Rich Lowry, he actually did a study of this. This is a guy who works for the New York Post. Back in 2015, he explained why Planned Parenthood claims that abortion only represents 3% of its services, technically its business. But the thing about it is, is that 3% little factoid, uh, well, you know what, I'll just read from the article so you can actually get it. So I'll read from the article that was posted in the New York Post. So I'm going to read this whole section here that explains it in great detail, okay? The 3% factoid is crafted to obscure the reality of Planned Parenthood's business. The group performs about thirty-three or 330,000 330, abortions a year, or roughly 30% of all the abortions in the country. They are the leading provider of that service, by the way. By its own accounting in its 2013 to 2014 annual report, it provides about as many abortions as pap tests. Pap tests were 380,000. The group does more breast exams and provides more breast care services, about 490,000, but not by that much. The 3% figure is derived by counting abortion as just another service like much less consequential services. By Planned Parenthood's math, a woman who gets an abortion, but also a pregnancy test, an STD test, and some contraceptives has received four services, and only 25% of them are abortion. This is a little like performing an abortion and giving a woman an aspirin and saying only half of what you do is abortion. Okay? So it is absolute nonsense. Nonsense when people talk about the 3%. And a lot of people that are on the pro-choice side of this argument. Well, when we start bringing up Planned Parenthood and how they should be defunded, they're like, no, no, no. Like it's only 3% of what they do. They do so much good for the community and blah, 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 and all that. No, the overwhelming majority of the thing that they do as a business, which is exactly what they are, is murder children. That's exactly what they're great at. And they're great at making money while they do it. Now let's move on to the state of New York. So Andrew Cuomo, uh, he has a new legislation proposal that he's just come out with, right? He's the New York state governor. And he announced this with the help of former democratic nominee for president Hillary Clinton, who is apparently just as satanic as he is. He said that he wouldn't support the New York state, 2019, 2020 budget until the New York state legislature approves the reproductive health act and the comprehensive contraception coverage act. Okay. I'll explain a little bit more about what that is in here in a second. But Cuomo went so far as to even call for an actual amendment to the state constitution of New York to get this done. So this would essentially make it almost impossible for future governors or state legislatures to reverse these actions of the Reproductive Health Act and the Comprehensive Contraception Coverage Act. But what the bill would essentially do is it would end the decades-old law that criminalizes late-term abortions if, you know, just in case Roe v. Wade is overturned. So the big thing that this bill does is this bill would allow abortions up to the day of birth. Again, this bill would allow for abortions up to the age of birth in the state of New York. And Cuomo is doing everything he can to get this enshrined enshrined into New New York law, right? Right. Because if we do one day overturn Roe, it's not all all of a sudden that abortion is just gone in the United States. It basically goes back to the states. And he wants to make sure that just in case somewhere down the line there's a red legislature and a red candidate in New York that they're not gonna overturn this if Roe v. Wade is out. And it was trumpeted by the people on the left as this great accomplishment. This wonderful accomplishment. Man, Andrew Cuomo and Hillary Clinton, they are so forward thinking that they're just thinking to themselves, you know what, you know, what would be awesome. Let's ensure that people can murder their babies in this state at an unbelievable degree. Let's give the mothers nine months to think about if they want this thing, right? Let's let the mother just consider for nine months, whether what's growing in high inside of her has any purpose. Isn't that, isn't that just exciting? I'm so glad we live in a society that allows for that. I mean, how, how disappointed would you be if you were a New Yorker and at, you know, basically the day you're supposed to give birth, you couldn't just flip a coin and decide whether or not you wanted this human to be alive. You know, I'm just so glad we have that as an opportunity. Good grief, man. It's so unbelievable. I mean, it's just Satan has his hooks so far in the pro-choice movement. It's absolutely astonishing. Now, let's talk about the last thing here, one of the last updates, because this was a recent one as well. Nancy Pelosi, who is the, again, she is the House uh, Majority Leader for the United States House of Representatives. She's going after the Hyde Amendment. Okay, so she's kind of the spearhead for it, but this has been on the Democratic uh, ticket of ideas basically since 2016 is that they wanted to get rid of the Hyde Amendment. So if you're not familiar with with the Hyde Amendment, in 1976, it was a law passed that actually bans the use of federal funds to pay for abortion. So Democrats basically want that gone. They want that out of here. They want not only for you to be able to have an abortion all the way up to the day of birth, they also want you to be able to have an abortion and have guys like me pay for it taxpayers. They want the taxpayers to pay for us to murder American citizens. Let's just think about that for a second. They, I mean, think about the number of things that we pay for as, you know, as United States citizens and just think about it. Hey, let's spend a chunk of that on murdering innocent people. Doesn't that sound like fun? Because immediately people will be like, well, don't you like capital punishment? Yeah. If somebody's raped or murdered somebody, they forfeited their rights to life. That goes back to the Bible. So I'm sorry, this is not the same thing using state funds to basically extinguish someone's life who has extinguished someone else's life. Nah, this is not that. This is an innocent person. They've done nothing. They've nothing, done nothing to anybody. And we want to be able to use funds to kill those people. And another thing that's kind of come up, this is going to seem a little bit obscure, but you can obviously see where this would happen. Remember when people talked about abortions back in the day, especially, you know, during the nineties, it was needed to be safe, legal, and rare, right? Safe, legal, and rare. That was the big democratic talking point about abortion because, you know, we can't just have people having coat hanger abortions. Cause obviously there were millions and millions of women that were having that done. Right. But the thing about safe, legal, and rare is that why does it need to be rare? Like why, why can't we just expand it? So there was always a problem with safe, legal and rare because you knew it was going to always expand because then it's like, okay, at what point can we get rid of this human? Right? And so now you have people like Andrew Cuomo and Hillary Clinton that are pushing the boundaries to the day of birth. So again, to remind you guys, a partial birth abortion is where they pull the baby's feet out of the mother's womb, right? They put, they actually pull it out of her vagina, but they leave the head inside of her vagina They jam a pair of scissors into the base of the skull. They open it up and they suck the brain out. Because when you suck the brain out, it actually allows the skull to basically get sunken in so that you can pull the rest of the baby out without damaging the mother. Think about that. This baby's alive, y'all. I mean, it's been alive the entire time, but this is a baby that could absolutely survive outside the womb with assistance from mom and dad. Isn't that exciting? That's so exciting. But the thing I was trying to talk about is... There's a little movement now, but you can imagine that it will continue to grow for post birth abortion. Yeah, I didn't misspeak post birth abortion. If you ever want to, if you ever want to have a good night, go to Google, type in post birth abortion. There are people that are advocating for killing the child now after it is outside the womb. And this is rubbing a lot of people. (laughs) Amazingly, it's rubbing them the wrong way including pro-choice people. Oh gosh, how could we possibly do something so barbaric? And you kind of have to ask the question beyond that. What do you mean by barbaric? So if I stick a pair of scissors through its heart after it's been alive for a week, like, or after it's, it's basically been outside of the womb for a week, right? It's technically seven days old and I, you know, I kill it. Like that's reprehensible. That's murder. But if I had basically pulled it out of the vagina and stuck some scissors in the back of its head and sucked its brains out on the day it was supposed to be born, That that's all of a sudden okay. That's a women's right. That's healthcare, right? So guys, I can't even imagine what these podcasts are going to look like in future years. Because all the stuff that I've just talked about, that's stuff that's happened in the last year. Like these are, these are things that are just happening. Now, the one thing that I do find a little bit um, uh, encouraging is that we have a new generation, Generation Z, and these individuals seem to be a lot more pro-life because this or this group of students, this group of young people, they're very scientifically focused. So these are people that are very, very uh, concerned about climate change. But at the same time, they look at the science and, and they could read a biology, biology textbook. Some of our Democratic uh, congresspeople can't, but they can read a bio, biology textbook and they can see when life begins. Like, this isn't that hard, right? And so, guys, it's just something that we need to be looking at. It's something that we need to be concerned about. And I know that a lot of you guys never really had this as a concern in your brain until you started listening to this podcast. And so that's a good thing and a bad thing. Good that you guys are now thinking about it, but bad that you didn't think about it before. And if you go back to the end of the episode that I've been talking about this whole show, which is episode six of this podcast, I talked about our role as men of God in the fight for saving these individuals from being murdered. And the three things that I said were educate yourself. Argue intelligently and tactfully and you have to enter the fight. Those are the three. So the first one, educate yourself, is obviously you gotta stay up on things like this. Ask yourself, all the stories and all the news that I've talked about on this podcast, did you already know that? Or are you hearing it for the first time from me? Gotta stay educated. Second thing, argue intelligently and tactfully. You have to engage in conversations with people that you disagree with. Again, uh, I talked about this a few times on my podcast, but I had a buddy that I very, very vehemently disagree with just about on everything. He and I spent a lot of time talking about abortion and he and I actually went to a concert this last weekend and we talked about abortion again on the drive up. And the thing was, is that the conversation always stays cordial because we're, we're really good friends. But again, you have to be able to argue intelligently. You can't just say, well, I don't think you should kill babies because I don't know, some in the Bible, some of my preachers say it. So uh, I think that you shouldn't be able to do that. Okay, that's not a good argument. That's not an intelligent or tactful argument. You got to be able to enter into, into these conversations. And the third thing, again, you have to enter the fight. You have to actually do it. You have to actually actively support organizations that are fighting against this. So, but as I've been thinking since last year, all of those three things still apply, but there's a few other things that I want to make sure to add. These are additional calls to action, if you will, that will help us as we are men of God fighting for the rights of these unborn humans. And the first thing that I wanted to add to that previous list is educate others. So again, the last time we talked about educating yourself and that it's so important, but use the education that you give yourself to educate other people. And I'm talking about your kids and your friends. Because guess what, guys? If you don't talk to your kids about abortion, their stupid public school teachers will. Their left-wing pro-choice public teachers will tell them about abortion. They will tell them that it's okay. They will tell them that you're not sucking out and snuffing out a human life. You're just sucking out the pregnancy. Doesn't it sound so easy? It's like getting your tonsils removed, right? Not a big deal. So educate others. That's your responsibility if you have the information. If you have the information on how to do something and you with you like withhold that from people, especially on an important topic like this, that's not serving anybody. Okay? A second additional call to action is to eradicate euphemisms from your vocabulary. Okay? You have to get rid of them. Because we have allowed for too long in this society for people to use euphemisms and these euphemisms for abortion and for this entire process has led so many people to believe that this is okay. I literally have people tell me an abortion is not murder. It's a medical procedure, right? So no, we don't need to call it a procedure. We need to call it an abortion. But in, a, in addition to that, we don't need to just call it an abortion. We need to call it murder because that's what it is. It's definitionally murder. When you take the life of an innocent person, it is murder. And again, it's not choice. It's killing. It's killing. So, we really need to refocus our vocabulary here. And I know it seems a little bit weird. It seems a little bit awful. Like, why can't we just call it abortion? Why do we have to call it murder? Because we need to be specific in our speech. Go back to the first episode of this year, guys the 15 ways to avoid being a crappy man in 2019. One of those things was being precise in your speech. So, no, this is one of those exact moments where we need to be super, super precise in the things that we're saying. This is not choice. This is not just an abortion. This is not a procedure. This is murder. This is killing. And the last thing that I would add to this is DBAP. And for those of you that don't know what that means, you should look it up. But DBAP guys, so many of you guys are so unwilling to enter into these conversations and enter into the fight. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being the only one in my group of friends. We all believe this way but every time they have an opportunity to educate someone else and call them out for saying things that are absolutely and completely and abjectly false, they cower. And I know I got some of you brothers out there, so I I don't want to be too judgmental on that side of things, but you got to enter the fray guys. And most of the time it's just because you're being a pussy. So debat. you know what I'm saying? All right, guys, before we let you out of here, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know by now, we are a men's ministry, and our mission is to cultivate manly resilience. And specifically, we do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today, we're going to be working on mental resilience. So I've got a lot of links for you guys. It's going to be going into a lot of things that we talked about on this episode. But the very first thing, again, I'm going to encourage you, please listen to episode six of this podcast. So wherever you're listening to this, just scroll back to the beginning of 2018, listen to that podcast here's some of the other links I got for you. So the first one is actually the recording of Ben Shapiro giving the keynote address for the March for Life. So I got that there for you. I've got the Life news story about where the leading cause of death in 2018 was abortion. So that's got some interesting statistics in there for you. Then I've got a news article for you guys about the federal appeals court ruling that that those videos were uh, not deceptively edited. So I've got that in there for you. So you guys can check that out. Um, The shout your abortion, lady. So that little eight minute video that I talked about a lot, I've got that in here for you so you can check that out. There's also the actual BuzzFeed article. So if you want to torture yourself and read a BuzzFeed article, I've provided you that. But it's actually the article that they wrote on the new Planned Parenthood president. So you can check that out. Then also I've got the a little the original story from the, from the guy from the New York Post basically telling you that the 3% lie from Planned Parenthood is just absolutely reprehensible and pathetic. So that's in here. Also, I've got Ben Shapiro making a short appearance on Shannon Bream's show on Fox News, so you can see a little bit of what he was saying the day before he did the keynote. But then also, I wanted to make you guys aware, and I've left the links here, I've got these four links, about some anti-abortion ministries that we here at Undaunted Life support. These are ones that we think you guys should donate money to, we think that you should support them on social media, you should like their stuff, share their stuff, do all those different things. The first one is live action. The next is End Abortion Now. That's the one supported by Apology Radio, Jeff Durbin, that group. And then the one we talked about on episode six of this podcast is ICU Mobile. It's basically a a mobile unit that helps women see the babies inside of them and actually leads a lot of these women to Christ. And the last one is LifeNews.com. I included LifeNews.com there because, again, if you guys are going to educate yourself and stay up on a lot of the issues that are going on in the news on the subject of abortion, I think LifeNews does some of the best uh, in that subject matter, but also I would suggest that you guys go to the Daily Wire. That is Ben Shapiro's, um, his news organization, because you can go to the search bar and just type in abortion. They actually ha- keep a running tab on a lot of the different stories that have to do with abortion. So guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if you leave the hashtag Undaunted Life, we'll make sure to find the post and give it a thumbs up. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us those. We've been getting some really, really good reviews lately. We're still five-star reviewed, but that is how this podcast will continue to grow if you continue to give us those reviews. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2019. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, if you want me to come speak, to your men's group, to your business, to your whatever, hit me up via email, info at Again, info at Undaunted.Life. The website is www.Undaunted.Life and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at UndauntedLife or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans and as always we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host Kyle Thompson. Remember Keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.